0: Chapter 3 Of the Wishing Horse of Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Beth Thomas. Chapter 3 More About the Emeralds. Scamperoo had not slept a wink. He tossed from side to side of the royal bed, his head simply buzzing with enchanting plans for the future. With the magic emeralds, he could have everything he desired and his desires and wishes were multiplying so rapidly he scarcely knew where to begin or what to wish first the necklaces pressed uncomfortably against his throat but he would not take them off he was so weary he ached in every bone but still he could not stop thinking and just as the castle clock told seven the very thing he should wish for first came suddenly to him ah that was it too bad he had to wait a whole week but a week would pass, and perhaps during that time he would discover for himself the magic secret of his sparkling new treasures. Then he could be his own magician and put that meddlesome merchant in his place. As he was running over in his mind the possible places to send Matiah, the door of his room opened cautiously, and Pinnypenny Penny stuck in his head. "'Well, well, and did I ring?' grunted Scamperoo fretfully this is a fine time to awaken an emperor emperor exclaimed pinny penny coming all the way into the room and closing the door since when has scampavia's king become an emperor oh go away and don't bother me turning his back on pinny penny the king thumped his pillow and closed his eyes as tightly as he could it's all about the horse whispered pinny penny coming around to the other side of the bed "'A strange and magnificent animal for a mere merchant, if I may be permitted to say so. "'Not only that, it talks. "'It's ordering the stable-boys around in a shocking manner, "'and it even told me to mind my own business.' "'Well, why don't you?' suggested Scamperoo, rolling over on his back. "'Of course he talks, Pinny. "'He's an Oz horse, and all the animals from Oz talk. "'I thought you knew that.' "'Well.' "'If this merchant has a talking horse, he is not so poor as he pretends,' persisted Pinny-Penny, shaking his finger under the king's nose. "'My advice is to set the fellow on his horse and send him about his business as quickly as possible. I don't like his looks, scamper. He's mean and mischievous, and mark my words, no good will come of him or his necklaces.' "'I don't like his looks any better than you,' agreed the king, clasping his fat hands on his stomach but if i keep the emeralds i must keep the merchant and besides i've a notion i could ride that talking horse myself oh good goats and gravy then i'd best go and lay in a supply of splints and liniment pushing his specks up on his forehead pinny penny cast a disgusted glance at his huge reclining master and rushed hurriedly from the royal presence now Mattia, as you can well imagine had slept no better than the king In the small room to which Pinny Penny had taken him, he paced restlessly up and down. After all, he knew only two facts about the magic emeralds. The first, that they really could, under certain conditions, grant wishes. The second, that they must not be worn by the person making the wish. This much the merchant had reasoned out for himself as the king had got his wish while he Mattia, was wearing the necklaces and he himself had not got the wish he made with the emeralds around his own throat that much seemed certain snapping his fingers joyfully and feeling sure the king was now wearing the jewelled chains Mattia made a second wish counting slowly to a hundred but the hearty supper he had ordered as a test failed to appear and flinging himself down on the bed he began to rack his brains for some other solution of the mystery Perhaps the magic power rested in a single stone, which he had luckily touched as the king made his wish. Holding his head with both hands, he tried to remember exactly what he had done as Scamperoo began to count. But it was no use. He could not recall a single thing after he had started to run across the garden. "'And how?' concluded the infuriated fellow." was he ever to discover the way to use the emeralds without arousing the king's suspicions or revealing the fact that he knew no more about them than Skamperoo himself. Muttering with vexation, he kicked a footstool all the way across the room and sat staring morosely at the worn carpet. The short, uneasy nap he finally got before morning did him no good, and cross and jumpy as a cougar, he made his way to the dingy dining hall of the palace. The king had already breakfasted, and looking out of the window, Matiah saw a terrified servant leading the talking horse around the courtyard, Scamperoo following at a safe distance. The sight of the stamping white charger made Matiah shudder anew. What a waste, he reflected bitterly. And if the king grew fond of the saucy monster, it would make his own task even more difficult, for, until he succeeded in stealing the necklaces, Matiah did not intend to let Scamperoo out of his sight gulping down the weak coffee and cold eggs a shabby servant grudgingly placed before him he hastened outside good morning your majesty he called out heartily and may i have a word with your royal highness what kind of a word snickered chalk rolling his yellow eyes roguishly round at the merchant give him a word old tub, if that's all he wants the right word for him i should say would be go or no and then we could all be happy. It is about the necklaces, confided Mattia, ignoring the horse utterly, and falling easily into step with the king. They must be cleaned every day to keep them in good wishing condition. But I was just going for a ride, objected Skamperoo with a little frown. Won't this afternoon do? No, now is the proper time, answered Mattia impressively, thinking how clever he was to have invented this ruse to get hold of the emeralds if your majesty will just give them to me i'll polish them up while you are uh, exercising no no uh, that is i'd better come and help you skamperoo spoke quickly i can ride this afternoon you think so with an exuberant prance chalk rose on his hind legs and spun around like a pinwheel well see you later old Sos. and with a terrified stable-boy hanging to his bridle he went galloping off to the stable If you take my advice, you'll have that creature knocked on the head, said Matthias savagely. Surely you won't endanger our lives by riding on his back. Our lives? exclaimed Scamperoo, looking at Matthias in surprise. You do not have to ride him. In fact, he's really my horse, he stated jealously. So long as your majesty wears the magic necklaces, I must go wherever you go and do whatever you do explained the merchant loftily. "'Ah, how very awkward!' In spite of himself, Skamperoo groaned as he thought how tiresome it would be, with Mattia trailing after him all morning till night. "'I should think a magician like yourself could arrange things more sensibly.' "'But consider what is at stake,' Mattia reminded him earnestly. "'Together we can have and do anything we wish. Is that not worth a little inconvenience?' "'Yes, yes, I suppose so. "'But if we are to do everything together, "'I think I should know the magic-wishing formula as well as you.' Scamperoo looked defiantly up at his newest advisor. "'That is impossible.' "'Striding along stiffly, Matiah shook his head. "'The incantation once revealed becomes powerless. "'Only one versed in magic is permitted to use the emeralds. "'Have you thought at all?' "'About your next wish,' he asked, anxious to direct the king's mind into more cheerful channels. "'We should plan and consult about it together, you know. "'But wait until we are in your majesty's throne room,' he added quickly, as Scamperoo began to open and shut his mouth like a fish without saying anything. "'While I am cleaning the necklaces, we can talk it over, yes.' Matthias's fingers fairly itched for the sparkling jewels, but restraining a mad impulse to snatch them from the king's throat, he walked along quietly beside Scamperoo, talking so calmly and convincingly that he soon had the Scampavian monarch not only willing but anxious to reveal the wish that had kept him awake most of the night. First assuring himself that they were alone, and locking the door so that they would not be disturbed, the king seated himself at a small table matiah drew up a chair opposite and held out his hand for the necklaces reluctantly skamperoo handed them over keeping a jealous eye on the jewels as the merchant began polishing them with a small square of silk he had taken from his pocket as he rubbed the silk over the emeralds matiah carefully examined each one for some mark or sign that would give him a clue to their magic power Intent as he was upon this task, a few low-spoken words of Scamperoo made him sit suddenly erect and regard the king with a new respect and attention. How in thunderation, thought Mattia wonderingly, had this fat, silly monarch ever managed to hit upon such a magnificent and breathtaking wish? And as Scamperoo explained and elaborated upon his plans and schemes for the future, the merchant's interest grew apace quicker and cleverer than the king he saw not only the possibilities of this splendid wish but all the difficulties and problems that must be met and disposed of before it could be reasonably granted leaning forward the emeralds for the moment forgotten he put his mouth close to scamperoo's ear there are 3 things that must be done before your wish can be realized matthias spoke tensely first second Third. after each short whispered direction skamperoo nodded to show that he understood then it will take four wishes to do it he sighed resting his elbows heavily on the table that will be four weeks won't it no perhaps if we are careful we can work it all into one answered Mattia thoughtfully and taking up his bit of silk he began polishing the emeralds with renewed vigor the king watching him forgot his former dislike and distrust Mattia's enthusiastic approval of his plans made him feel that perhaps he had misjudged this long-faced whiskered stranger perhaps he would not wish him away after all he might prove very useful in the strange and magnificent future that stretched ahead Mattia, on his part had no such kindly intentions towards the king he merely meant to make skamperoo's wish his own and so grand and daring was the prospect that he grew more impatient than ever to discover the way to accomplish it holding all three necklaces up to the light he squinted at them anxiously the chains seemed identical in every respect but no what was this one had a diamond clasp while the clasps on the other two were of flattened emeralds this then was the solution the magic-wishing power undoubtedly rested in the diamond clasp. Revealing in no way his satisfaction and elation over this important discovery, Mattia handed the necklaces back to the king. Somehow, decided the merchant, he must make Skamperoo touch the diamond clasp while he silently repeated the king's wish. But before that, he needed a little time to prepare himself for the grand and glorious years that were to be his. As Skamperoo exhausted by so much thinking early in the morning, waddled wearily over to his throne. Matiah strode to the bookshelves, located in an adjoining alcove. "'While your majesty rests, I will have a look at this interesting library,' he murmured ingratiatingly, "'and at the same time store up some useful information for the future.' Skamperoo sleepily returned the merchant's broad wink, then, sinking back among his cushions, closed his eyes. From his chair in the alcove, Mattia could keep the king in view, and satisfied that Scamperoo was really asleep, he began hurriedly turning over the pages of the large volume Pinny Penny had but that morning returned to the shelves. Soon he became so absorbed he forgot all about the king, and that was a pity, for had he taken the trouble to look, he would have discovered that the king was no longer there. End of chapter 3